Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. He's got his younger brother. It's gonna be Jeff. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. Made so separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Welcome to episode 412 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff and sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Uh, Scott, what's going on, dude? It was a frigid 42 this morning, Jeff. Thank you for the uh, weather update. Yes, I know we always joke about it like we're all bundled up in our uh, winter coats when it's 60 degrees outside and our, our knit caps with the little balls on the top. Yes. Uh, some people wearing ski masks. You <laughs> think it was like zero degrees outside, but uh, <laughs> this morning it was 42, 43, something like that. And I'm, le- I dropped Peyton off at school and I'm driving down the main street where, where all the kids are walking to school. And I'm seeing countless kids wearing big, heavy jackets like they were basically going to a Steelers game in <laughs> December, like bundled to the max. Like the mother from Christmas story had dressed them for the cold. <laughs> and, and if you push them over, they would have a hard time getting back up. And it, I was just laughing, thinking about the show. Like we always talk about like it's 60 degrees outside and we're bundled up and it was 42. And like oh, I said, you'd think these kids were heading to a Steelers game or a Packers game. Have you noticed that a lot of younger kids nowadays are, are wearing pajamas to school uh pajamas and wrapping themselves in blankets jeff uh, dude what at worst when we were going to school you'd wear sweatpants and that yes. was like when you were running late and you just had to throw something on really quick but yeah now kids are like you know what i'm gonna roll out of bed i'm in my pajamas already i'm just gonna grab a blanket and my backpack and my stanley mega cup and i'm out <laughs> I live down the way from a school. So sometimes when I'm home thinking I see kids walking by all of a sudden, I'm like, what's up with all these pajamas? Like, yeah, what the hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would not have flown. Like you would have gotten teased unrelent, like relentlessly when you were going to school. If you wore pajamas, like these kids show up at school, like it's people showing up to Walmart <laughs> in our day. I hate to say that in our day, back in it, my day, it was jeans, jorts, and parachute pants and starter jackets and starter jackets. Yes. So that was like, you know, we had to wear that to school. It was had to be jean shorts or jorts or yeah. parachute pants. Well, parachute pants were like mid eighties, right? <laughs> that w- the parachute pants came and went pretty quickly. I would say parachute pants. heyday were like 84, maybe 83 until maybe 85, 86. They have a pretty short lifespan. But yeah, it was jeans for sure. And at the jeans, you'd roll or you'd move you cuff the- them. Cuff them. Yeah, 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 exactly. You'd gather them, turn them and roll them up. You'd cuff them so that it kind of created like a baggy look on your pants. Mm-hmm. So it like, yeah, it, it snugged at your ankle. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nike high tops usually is what you would be wearing. Yeah. Uh, maybe some Reebok pumps, you know, maybe some oh, yeah. Converse. 
you know, those, uh, some kids were British knights, uh, but God forbid you wore airwalks because you'd <laughs> probably get tossed into a garbage can if you wore airwalks. I actually have a story about the pumps. I actually wanted a pair of those Reebok pumps so bad. My birthday rolls around. Uncle John is at mom and dad's house. He has a gift for me. He sets it down. And sure enough, it's the shape of a shoebox. I open it up and it says Reebok pumps. Uh, I'm like, whoa, Uncle John just got me the Reebok pumps. I'm so excited. Like I was so excited about these Reebok pumps, right? <laughs> Unwrap it, pop it open. There was two Game Boys in there. No shoes, but two Game Boy games. Castlevania and I forget the other one. I think it was like oh. Doctor. I thought it was like, I think it's like Dr. Mario or something like that. <laughs> and you look over Uncle John's wearing Reebok pumps. <laughs> <laughs> wow, these are actually really comfortable. Did you should try these? <laughs> you should try these, kid. They're great. <laughs> but uh, I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Uncle. Played. I, hey, you know what, though? I played Castlevania. I played the hell out of that game for Game Boy. I did, too. I really enjoyed your birthday gift. Well, cheers. <laughs> yeah, hey, cheers. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, uh, that's the story regarding Reebok pumps. So I had Reebok pumps, Jeff. Mom and dad bought me a pair. You didn't have Reebok pumps. I sure did. I had the black ones with the orange ball on the front. I absolutely had a pair of pumps. You had a pair of pumps. Yes, I did. Why am I not remembering this? I don't know. I don't. I, I had the black with the uh, the black uh, Reebok pumps with the orange basketball on the front. I remember you having the Larry Bird Converse, uh, Converse, the green yes. and black ones. The green and black, yes, and white. Yeah, I had those, and those were my favorite shoes. Oh, those were comfortable, weren't they? No, they were hell. Dude, I wore those all around Disneyland for a couple of years. No, that's what I was saying. They were so comfortable. Oh, I thought you said uncomfortable. Oh, no, they no, were no, amazing, I dude. I love those. Oh, those were so comfortable. It was like every time you walked, it was like your foot was just cushioned every it was perfect. Oh God. Those Larry bird converse were so comfortable. I loved them. I absolutely loved them. Uh, the pumps were not as comfortable. I didn't wear them as often. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. You would have, I don't think you would have enjoyed them. Damn you getting those pumps. I was the favorite. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's true. Before we go any farther into the show, we do have Sean Ng coming up after the news segment. Also, I want to get this into the beginning of the show, April 5th, 4 PM. People are excited. We've got, Big Life Meetup 3 in Philadelphia. Another East Coast edition of the Fig Life Meetup. April 5th, 4 p.m. Before SmackDown, a little bit after WrestleCon. But April 5th, 4 p.m. Location is to be determined. We will find that out pretty sh soon. Hopefully we can find... I'm really hoping we can find a food truck that has like Philly cheesesteaks and we can just plop down out in front and just give that place a bunch of business. Yeah, or a uh, a gentleman's church if no uh, children are planning on attending. It'd be a fun place to have a meetup. We need everybody's head count <laughs> by December thirty first and, and, and age <laughs> and age. And if there are no kids, <laughs> screw the Philly cheesesteak stand. This is heading on over to a gentleman's church. Bring your one for fun. <laughs> Bring your one gun for fun. One gun for fun. But that is April fifth, four p.m. Again, we're going to try to get it close to the stadium or the arena where they will be playing SmackDown or where those big muscle men's are going to be wrestling's at. Yeah, my first thought was, hey, let's just do it at the WrestleCon Hotel. But that's going to be a madhouse. It's going to oh, be God. so many fans. I, yeah. yeah, we don't want to do that. We want it to be our our community 
and just us and hanging out and eating cheesesteaks and just having a good time. Yep. So again, that's April 5th, 4 p.m. And if you want to get any of our shirts, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net. You can follow us on the Twitter X, YouTube, Snapchat, and the book Faces at Fully Opposable, Instagram Fully Opposable, WF. P. You can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. And you can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all. Send it on over to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. So, Scott, I was scrolling through our reviews on, whatchamacallit, on Apple. Yes. And there was a review that came in late August of this year. Oh, we missed it. Yes. I completely missed it because it was buried under a bunch of reviews. All of a sudden it was like August 31st, but why wouldn't it just automatically sort it to like the the most recent? That's what I was wondering. That's weird. Okay. Uh, But I don't have my iPod in here, but I think it came in from Destro Ming and he said unbearable. Hmm. And he said, it's starting to become Jeff's impersonation hour or something like that. Oh, I see. And I was like, you do know that these characters that I make up is basically shit I see on the internet from the community and the collectors. <laughs> you do understand where these impressions are coming from. Like, Apparently not. No. Apparently he doesn't get the joke. So that's fine. Move on. We're not boom, your boom, 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 boom. Right. Yeah. Right. Don't, Keep yeah. it moving, dude. Yeah. So anyways, Destro Ming's a cool name, though. I don't hate it at all. I like Ming and I like Destro. So, I mean, that's a cool name. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Oh, I thought you said Ming, like no, uh, the bad guy from Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon? Flash. Did I say Flash? Oops. <laughs> Oopsie. It was funny. The other day, Eric comes up and he goes, hey, dude, we really need to get some flashlights for this office. I was like, I agree. <laughs> we really need flashlights for this office. And he goes, <laughs> well, we need those too, but we also need flashlights. <laughs> no office is complete without... So anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know why they didn't sort that to the front. I don't understand why. But anyways, yeah, that came in from Destro Meng. Destro Meng is like, excuse me, you forgot my review. (laughs) Well, dude, it's like, do you get it now? There you go. This is stuff I'm seeing. (laughs) These casting characters are from characters. I should say characters, but from people I see all over the net from message boards to Twitter X to Instagram. It's all over the board. This is why we're poking fun at our community, dude. Yes. Yes. The impersonation. I I guess I need to be really like straightforward with it. Yeah. Hey guys, Stu represents (laughs) (laughs) and KBW is. Oh man. Yeah. Maybe he needs flashcards. We can try to help. Yeah, exactly. We're here for you. Destro man. Anytime, man. We'll get you through it, dude. Yeah. We'll see you at the meetup April 4th. Excuse me. April 5th, 4 PM. (laughs) Scott, did you pick up anything? Um, I only picked up one thing. Uh, McFarland did a special release. Uh, it's called like the uh, White Edition or something like that of Red Hood. And okay. when I was hunting down my initial batch of McFarlands that I bought, uh, my initial thought was I'm just going to do the Bat family. You know, Batman, Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, Red Hood. And I was like, I'm just going to keep it to that. Well, McFarlane's unfortunately are a very slippery slope because you think you've got like the the coolest Batman that he's ever going to release. And then he slaps you in the face with like eight more. And so that didn't happen. I wasn't able to stop at the Bat family. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll get a red hood. And the red hood I got is cool. I've never been like super happy with it. But then I saw this version of red hood that he released 
and it was incredible. Uh, special release. It was like 30 bucks, BBTS exclusive. Uh, jumped on it as soon as I got the email. And wouldn't you know it sold out? You can't get it now. It's gone. Holy crap, that escalated quickly. And it's gone. And it's gone. I was able to get my hands on one, lucked out with that. But that's the only thing I bought this week. That was it? That was it, yep. Went to a uh, toy show this past weekend. Went with Big Dave. Norm was there. Norm spent a bunch of money. Dave didn't spend that much money. Uh, he did pick up some starting lineups from Jason. Nice. And you and he sent me the picture. Of him. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. It's going from one good home to another. Exactly. Um, I didn't pick anything up. There wasn't really anything else there. I did see the uh, Hoodcast AF uh, podcast guy there. Oh, nice. His table was his table was popping, dude. He had so many figures, but it was just it was everything I had. It was like, you know, yeah. I did, I will say this. He had that Raven zombie sailor figure out and about on his table. Uh-huh. Dude, that's really, really good. Yeah, zombies putting out some good figures, dude. Yeah. I mean, like, I I saw the Raven and I knew it was good. Like I was from the pictures, it looked good, but when you saw it in person, it was like, whoa, that is pretty phenomenal yeah yeah i really like his andre as well i would love to see that one in person yeah um just unfortunately my budget can't go to retros uh yep. well i should say can't go to hasbro retros we might be getting something in the news here that we'll be talking about my my figure budget going towards but yeah no no, no. zombies putting out some killer figures dude that andre i think is one of the best figures he's done if not the best so jason also had ljn axe blue card blue card graded to an eight toy wow. grader to an eight he didn't sell it at the show he was hoping to he was gonna bring it out hopefully get people at the table to buy some stuff that didn't work huh it didn't uh it didn't work that well so okay but shoot. it did it got people to the table and it got people talking but it didn't unfortunately it didn't move it didn't move did you get his price tag on it i did um let me guess okay because honestly i have no idea what axe goes for um uh, much less a graded axe. I would guess eight hundred. You're in the you're in the right ballpark. Okay, where is it at? He was asking a thousand. Oh, okay. He would be willing to come down to nine hundred. Now this is a graded axe to an eight. Okay. From toygrader.com, and he wanted uh, about he would be willing to discuss nine hundred. Okay, so he had some wiggle room in there. He had some wiggle room. Got it. Is there any bit of you that kicks yourself for not buying that white shirt Hogan for a thousand when you had the chance? Oh, dude, every every single time. You know why we didn't do it either? It was because uh, we were heading to Chicago. Ah, uh, gotcha. we were going to we were going to all in, and I had to save money. Yeah. Yeah, so that's right. I remember you saying that too, because we molded over. We were walking around. We're yep. hemming and hawing, like, ah, and you. That's right. That's what you settled on as the Chicago trip. Couldn't do it. Yep. So it, yeah, Jason had that there, and I wanted it, and I had to pass, dude. I had to pass. Yeah, I, mean, I get it. I get it. So I mean, we still got Philadelphia coming up that we got to start, you know, buckling down and getting everything settled. Right. So anyways, right. yeah, I passed on it, but Dave walked out some stuff. Norm walked out with some stuff. My coworker, Eric walked out some stuff. He was there. Oh, nice. He picked up a, he's a huge Baymax fan. He loves Baymax. 
Like oh, nice. Uh, Big Hero Six. Big Hero Six Baymax. Yep, exactly. Okay. In fact, when he went to Disneyland this past couple of weeks ago, they said, "Would you like to meet Baymax?" And he's all, "Yes." <laughs> Mind you, he's forty-four years old. Also, hey, so you're never too old to meet the characters and mark out. And they're like, "Okay, you can go ahead." And he like ran up and hugged him, like Aww. hugged Baymax, like he was six years old. <laughs> That's great. I love it, dude. Hey, Disneyland's where you can be a kid and get away with it. So, anyways, he picked up that, and he also picked up uh. Broly Broly from some anime thing anyway on that one dude Dragon Ball Z maybe anyways he picked up he picked up that he spent a couple dollars on that one did he okay well hey that's great man going to a toy show supporting local that's awesome exactly so um also I took down my Sheho Atani couple figures I had up to screw him hmm I was wondering if you were going to vent about Screw the uh, seven hundred million dollar man Shohei Otani. I hate the Dodgers. I hate him. I mean, it's smart. I mean, somebody wanted to give me seven hundred million dollars. I wouldn't care what Jeff Toon on the Fully Opposable podcast, you know, whether he likes <laughs> me or not. It's but. not so much the contract itself for seven hundred million, but I think it's more the fact that he's deferring sixty eight million dollars a year for half of the contract, the first half of the contract. So the Dodgers can go basically stockpile free agents. Screw him. And they're getting tight. And and the trade just went through about an hour ago. Tyler Glasnow. Oh, it went through. It's official. It's Manuel Margot. Margot? Yeah. And uh, Tyler Glasnow to the Dodgers. Uh, Well, that's a trade, though. That's not financial. I don't care. That's talent for talent. But man. Screw them. You know what? The Yankees. The Yankees name is cleared. I don't want to hear anybody go, oh, the Yankees just buy their town. I don't want to hear that anymore. It's now the Dodgers have erased the Yankees. There's a and, new evil empire. Oh, dude, hands down. Bar none. We're not the bad guys anymore. Suck no, it, LA. No, Yankees are not the evil empire anymore. It's <laughs> it's the Dodgers. Do you, do you want to get more off your chest? Do you want to go into he's not your keeper also? Oh, he's not my keeper in fantasy baseball. And you will not draft him. I will not draft him. <laughs> Wow, dude, that's crazy. So I'm going to tell you this right now. Choose wisely. Oh, I know. I already had a feeling. I know. Yeah, because yeah. if you drop Corbin Carroll or Aaron Judge. That's fine, dude. No problem. So anyways. I get it. I get yeah. it. Choose wisely. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep tight. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep with one eye open. Uh, did you hear the Saturday Night Live joke about Shohei Otani? What? So they were talking about his massive deal for $700 million. And they said that deal was only eclipsed by Shohei's sister, Shofeet Otani, with her OnlyFans. <laughs> okay, that's hella funny, dude. <laughs> that's hysterical, right? I died, dude. That is fantastic, dude. <laughs> oh my God, I died. Eddie told me about that. I didn't see it happen, but Eddie was telling me about it the day after. Oh, oh my gosh, I about died. I'm like, I have to tell Jeff that one on the show. Show feet. That's hilarious. Show feet, Otani. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> oh, I do have one other thing that just happened today, dude. I got a text from uh, Keith Brockus. And oh, okay. he goes, he goes, hey, bud. He goes, are you still looking for Mr. Perfect? And I go, yeah, man. I said, I can't Wait, find Wait, the legends? Him. No, sorry, the superstars. Oh, got it. Okay. I said, yeah, that's the last one I need to complete my, uh, complete my collection until the Doink series comes out. And he goes, dude, he goes, our Walmart has so many superstars. I mean, kind of like stockpiling. They're stockpiling yeah. them over here. 
he goes, I'll go check and see if the Mr. Perfect is still there. Oh, so, that's awesome. So he went and checked. Sure enough, Mr. Perfect was still there. He took a picture. He uh, he got it all bubbled up and everything. He's going to send it out to me. What a guy. That's so great. Big life in action. I know, dude. I was so stoked, honestly, man, because that's the last one I needed. I could not find it anywhere at all. Anywhere. Nice. nice. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, screw Shehoatani and let's get into the news. <laughs> Foco back in the news again. Every week. They have another light up stage. This time it's Shawn Michaels. It's Shawn Michaels in the red tights that he was wearing in about 95, 94, 95. Uh, were they the 97 rumble tights? Cause I apologize. I didn't actually see the ball. No, they yet. weren't the 97 rumble. Okay. Got it. Okay. They were more like 95. I can't, I, I want to say it was the rumble 95 maybe. Okay, got it. I think it was those tights. But anyways, Rumble 95 or 96, one of the two. But it is limited to 223, 223. And these things go quick. They do. So if you are a huge Shawn Michaels fan, I would recommend jump on this because this goes quick. Brett went quick. The Sports Illustrated Hogan last week, we were live on the air talking about it, went quick. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, every collector has a name. Uh, they're going to collect most every figure, if not every figure of them. And I know a lot of people, that name is Shawn Michaels. So again, 223, that's like you said, Jeff, that's going to fly. Okay, let's move over to Zombie Sailor. He showed off his Mike Awesome retro. He showed that off this week. So Mike Awesome will be getting a figure since doing the Rolodex. I think that was, uh... oh man, was that? Old, or, uh, sorry, original San Francisco toy makers, or did he have a toy biz? I don't think he had a toy biz. Did he have a toy biz? I think he did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had a toy biz. Uh, definitely had an ECW he figure. He had the ECW figure. Yeah. Well, here, let me go to the Google machine since we're making a habit out of this and checking our phones every week. <laughs> but he showed that off this week. Mike Awesome will be in the zombie sailor lineup. Mike Awesome did. Yes, he did. Okay. I thought he did. Was he in the grip and flips? Uh, was not the grip and flips. It's the unleashed series. Oh, and what's funny is he's got the longer arms on him, Kind of like the zombie retro does. Yeah. It's like, uh, the Sid arms. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The, somebody uh, pointed out in our, our Facebook group. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, kind yeah. of the Sid, uh, bone cruncher arms. Yeah. The BCA arms where they're extremely long. Right, right, exactly. Love Mike, awesome. I mean, you watch that match of him and Tanaka, and you're like, how is one of these guys not dead during this match? Like, they literally just beat the crap out of each other. All right, let's move over to Power Town. They showed off their next Remco-style figures. They showed off the next series, which is Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA. Those are the only two figures they showed off in their little video package. But they did show the other names that are coming out. They showed the other names, but they didn't show the figures. Yes, we've only seen Tully and Magnum, but they announced... Rock and Roll Express. Yep, which I love because there's two two-packs, which is the, the tried and true Remco bread and butter. That was what their first three series were, two-packs. Yes, and they also sh- announced... Uh... Uh, missing link missing link yes nick bockwinkle and bockwinkle tito santana tito santana hacksaw jim duggan hacksaw jim duggan now i don't know if those are all coming out in one assortment like they're all going to be pre-order at the same time but i love that they're doing single and doubles now 
if they really want to kick it up, get the Freebirds. Hacksaw UWF days, you think? Um, well, I mean, that's the thing about Hacksaw, right? Like you, you associate him and his blue trunks to either WWF or WCW. But yeah, you do him in black trunks. You've got his Mid-South slash UWF run and the first part of his WWF run. So I think it's going to be Hacksaw and Black Trunks. Which his LJN was in Black Trunks. That's correct, yes. So you would you would cover a lot of Hacksaw, Jim's Duggan, or Jim Duggan's era with, you know, his, his first part of his career with the Black Trunks. Black Trunks, White Boots. I know you're not into the Remco-style figures. Right. Any part of you? Oh, absolutely, dude. Yeah, I'm in on these. So the reason I'm in on these, this is exactly what I wanted in 1986. Okay, so are you jumping in on these? I am. Yeah, so Magnum and Tully for sure. Like, this is what I've often... We've been on the Remco train for how long, dude? We've, we've, we've hyped up. We love Remco. And what I love about uh, companies coming out and doing old school figures like the Hasbro style, the LJN style, the Remco style in 2023 is that they're able to kind of take what was cool and bring it up to 2023 standards. Uh, G.I. Joe Classified is a perfect example of that. I think you take that cool concept of a three and three quarter inch figure with, you know, the faces weren't anything to write home about, but you bring all of that into 2022, 2023, 2024, six inch scale, better likenesses, amazing details. You're, you're bringing it up to stance. And that's what I feel that they're doing with the Remco line. They're bringing what was cool in 85, 86, 87, and just giving, here's your 2023 version. It's bigger, it's better, it's badder. <laughs> and I, I absolutely love it because, look, Remco's were amazing. We loved Remco's. But the likenesses weren't always like, oh, yeah, that's totally so-and-so. Right. Right? I mean, I don't want to call them questionable likenesses, but, you know, for, for the time, they were fine. But we've got new technology in twenty in the twenty twenties, so that's being utilized with these Remcos. They're bringing them up to standards now, and I'm loving the looks. I think it captures the spirit of everything we loved about Remco, and it's bringing it into twenty twenty three under Power Town's umbrella. And they're definitely paying homage, proper homage, and writing a nice little love letter to everything we loved about Remco back in the day. I'm all over these, dude. I love them. I love that we've been singing the praises of Remco for so long. And here they are bigger, better, badder in 2023. It, it just, it makes me so happy. This is everything I wanted in 1986, a Magnum TA Remco style figure in 1986. I would have played with that thing until the legs fell off or Tully Blanchard and a Tully Blanchard. Exactly. Look, you put Arn Anderson into this line. Holy crap. And you got to think, and Breaker actually pointed this out in our group chat on Facebook. You've got to figure there's going to be a, an accessory of some type, yep. maybe two. It could be a title. It could be a chair. There could be bloody variants. Mm -hmm. That would be incredible. There's just so many ways they can go with this, but I love the look. And like I said, they really captured the spirit of everything that made those Remco's cool back then. You know, they're, they're articulated. I just, I, I adore them, dude. I honestly love these figures. I can't wait to see what the Rock and Roll Express look like. Also, uh, before we jump into uh, Sean's interview, also wanted to go over Hasbro. They had to lay off 1,100 employees, unfortunately, yeah. during the holiday season. I guess numbers weren't what they were expecting. You know, I don't want to go into the entire email that the CEO sent out to everybody, but to everybody that 
lost their jobs, man. Hearts go out to you, especially this time of the year. I know it's a, it's no good time, right? Yeah. But this one, yeah. it's a little bit harder. So anyways, Hasbro's, yeah. Hasbro's also linking up with McFarlane too. Yeah, exactly. It looks like uh, he's going to be doing something with the page punchers or something like that with Hasbro. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, you can never go go wrong when you get McFarlane on board. I mean, I always sing the praises of his DC line. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens with Hasbro and McFarlane. But yeah, uh, heartfelt condolences to all those that were affected by the layoffs. That's just this time of year, especially like you said, Jeff, that just sucks. There's no yeah. good way to spin it. All right, Scott. Uh, is... You don't want to sing about Remco's anymore? I thought we were going to like go crazy, go ham on those. Oh, dude, you know how excited I am about those. I mean, the Rock, well, and, Roll, Rock and Roll Express, like Remco style figures. You kidding me? Yes. My only hope, because I know you don't like opening your figures. And these are going to be a higher price point than the superstars, right? Correct. Let's be fair. That's that's just, it's a smaller scale, smaller operation than Mattel. It makes sense. Are you going to have any any issues opening these up? Probably not due to all of the superstar figures that I have open right now. Okay. Okay. That was my kind of my thinking is, wouldn't it be better though, if they made it like the ultimate editions where you could just take the back off, pop the figure out put the back back in and you still have your card in case you ever want to hang them up. Uh, that would be cool. But what I'm thinking about doing now is they have Magnum TA and Tolly. They have the rock and roll express. Yeah. So that's four people from the NWA slash WCW days. Y- yes, correct. So I could start my own new shelf, like an NWA shelf An NWA shelf. Yeah. Cause you got to figure Nikita's coming. Hopefully fingers crossed. You got to figure. Yeah. I'm thinking Ivan Cole. You see, you have the Russians. Yes. Right. Yeah. You. I mean, are we going to get a Dusty Superstars? Because Mattel still has the rights to Dusty. So if they put Dusty in the Superstars line, unless they put him in the polka dots, that could also go on your w- WCW shelf. That is true. Oh, good point. Yeah. And you throw Holland Nash and Hogan on there because that's also WCW and WA. Wait, say that part again. Nash, Hogan, and Hall. That's the. That's not NWA days. What? No, I'm saying it's WCW slash NWA days. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Because your your Detolf shelf, you're going to put the riser on there. Each riser, uh, uh, side has four. You can fit four figures. The, so it's got four levels, so you can do sixteen figures total. The ultimate goal is to have one, all four shells, all four levels, all on four one, levels of the riser. Oh, on one riser, have it filled with NWA guys. That's the goal. Okay, just NWA, not... Not WCW slash NWO okay. years. Got it. Here's my other question. What? You ordered those bell-to-bell Steiners. Those would go on the NWA. Okay. So you saw the Power Town Remcos. Yes. You know what the superstars are all about. Yes. When you put those bell-to-bells up next to the Power Town, the superstars... You know where I'm going with this? Are you? I have a feeling I know what you're saying, but yeah, we'll see how they measure up, right? Okay. I don't, I don't want to be super mean. I, I went into it last week with how they rack up to the asylum. The asylum ones too, right? If you're getting Buff Bagwell, that's a WCW one, not yeah. NWA, but that's WCW, so that could go with the Hall Nash and Hogan. I just don't know how those bell to bell stand up. That's going to be the test for me. Put them next to the superstars, the power towns, the asylums. Let's see how they look, how they stand up next to those. We will be measuring those up. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. 
So, okay. So right now you're thinking those bell to bell Steiners NWA shelf. Oh, NWA shelf for, Oh yeah. 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 That's going on that riser. Hands down. Do you put them, do you put them in the middle? So they're kind of drowned out amongst the other amazing looking Remco's and superstars. No, because I want to wait to see what they look like when I get them in hand. Because okay. I know what you're going for. The pictures didn't do them justice. Is that kind of fair to say what you... That's very fair to say. Yeah, that's very fair to say. But what if you get them and they don't measure up to how the other ones look? That's fine. They're superstar figures. I can put them on that NWA slash WCW, early WCW, I should say. Uh, okay. Chef, I'll be good. I'll be all right, dude. No anxiety over here, dude. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here's another one for your NWA shelf, the Asylum Road Warriors. That is already on my mind about putting them on there. So, so you've got quite a few spots already filled. So 16 on a riser. Mm-hmm. You've already mm-hmm. got quite a few of those spots filled up. You've got two rows already in names we've mentioned. Yep, exactly. That's not so. bad, dude. So yeah, I'm hoping, dude, I'm thinking like Manny Fernandez. They've got Wahoo McDaniel under their umbrella. No, nah, no Manny, no Manny. What? No Manny Fernandez. Ah, he almost killed that guy, though, that killed Bruiser Brody. I know, I know, but I wasn't a Manny Fernandez fan. Like, him and Rick Rude as a tag team champs, that just seemed off. It was weird. Rick Rude. There's another one. You can take him off the WWF, put him on the NWA. Yeah, but that's ravishing Rick Rude. Even even the look is ravishing Rick Rude. You can't... You, you buy can't, another one. <laughs> can buy another. I'll send, <laughs> you can buy another Rick Rude. I'll send it to Brian over at the uh, Legendary Podcast. Hey, can you uh, redo a Remco thing for me, please? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. There you go. Paint him up to look like NWA, not WWF. Uh, Scott, before we jump into our interview with Sean Ng, I, uh, Norm wanted to ask you a question real quick. He just actually texted oh. this. He says, Jeff, if you're recording tonight, question for the show. What is your taco to sauce pack ratio? I'm at a one taco, four packs of sauce now. Uh, GBM said, dang, that's a lot of sauce. <laughs> Norm says, I used to go two packets per taco. Oh, the addiction is kicking in. Yes. So uh, what is your, I guess, sauce packet to taco burrito ratio? Okay. Are you ready for a shocking admission? Sure. Zero. I don't do any sauce. Hey, go on bareback on that. I, <laughs> real men bareback their Taco Bell, Jeff. <laughs> That's how we do it in my neck of the woods. <laughs> Back um, in my day, we put rabbit skins on our dicks. <laughs> So, <laughs> and sometimes the rabbits were still attached. <laughs> That's so a bestiality sh- joke. God damn it. <laughs> the hell? Who thought they were going to tune into a wrestling figure podcast and get that? <laughs> you are welcome. Uh, so I, we talked to Eddie Martin last week on the show and he was in Mexico and he was coming home. Uh, last week he was texting me on the plane and I go, dude, I bet you can't wait to get home. I don't know about you, but my first stop would be Taco Bell because then I could finally get some real Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so back to the sauce question, Norm's question. To me, Taco Bell is so good. It doesn't need the sauce. Fair enough. Honestly, it doesn't. Every once in a while, I'll put a sauce packet on, but it's only one. Mm-hmm. It's it's Occasionally. Mm-hmm. It's I, it's so good to me that I don't I, I don't know. need any sauce on it. I know it requires zero. That's like my favorite taqueria, dude. My favorite taqueria, dude. They give you like those little cups. They give you five, six, seven things filled with salsa and guacamole and all this different types of sauce, dude. Yep. On their burritos, tacos, or anything, doesn't need it. 
Stands up on its own. Oh, it stands up completely on its own, man. They could save a bunch of money not even ha- giving those out because their, right. bur- their burritos are head and shoulders above anybody else's. Wow. Oh, dude. That's so- crazy. And they're not sponsoring the show either. Would you like to give out their name? Oh, dude. Taqueria El Gordo in San Leandro. They've got two locations. One on Floresta and the other one on the end of, oh God, I forget the, it's Barian and I forget the other cross street. Anyways, down there, they've got two locations. They also got a taco truck in Oakland. Don't recommend going to that one. I would recommend everybody going to the Floresta one because that's where the, it's the money shot right there. Those super steak burritos. Oh dude, all day long. And it doesn't need any sauce. No sauce, dude. Fat boy Jeff would be there all the time. If, if you were still fat boy, Jeff, if I was still fat boy, Jeff. Yeah, right. Every once in a while, Fat Boy Jeff likes to come out, though. Oh, dude, hell yeah, he does. And then I say, "Hey guys, what are you doing? What do you got there?" I think I'm gonna have some waffles and some tacos and burritos today. You you guys think when you're all done eating, there's still stuff left on your plate? You can just tilt the table in my direction. I'll just open my mouth. Uh oh, are we getting into impressions? We gotta stop. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. that becomes unbearable. I apologize. (laughs) I I would hate to be unbearable. (laughs) <laughs> like well, that, that, that guy that uh, like that guy jeff the destro meng was talking about <laughs> yeah see no he actually put jeff with one f so i was like god oh, damn it he's oh he to... spelled it right he, spelled he put it right. two f should be like yeah we don't know who that guy yeah, is. yeah we don't uh, he got the wrong podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's another jeff with two s that's doing impressions <laughs> we lean into the hate folks that's what we do exactly all right scott we got to get sean ing on for this interview are you ready can't wait let's go talk to him Scott, we are back. We are welcoming Sean Ng from KWK Kayfabe Wrestling Collector. Sean, man, you look tired. What have you been up to? Let's see. Um, Tuesday night, like late Tuesday night, I flew out from, from Beijing to southern China. Didn't get to my hotel until 3 in the morning. Got to meeting the next, well, six and a half hours later at the factory to discuss the KVP Heroes line, and amongst other stuff. Then went to five different factories to visit. And I tell, I'll tell you guys the details in a bit. And then that was Wednesday. Thursday, because my, my time over here is now Friday. Mm-hmm. Thursday, woke up extremely early in the morning. Went over to the next city to the factory where the airport was. And found out my flight was delayed, so I was stuck at the airport until really late um, uh, Thursday night. And then flew back, and here I am. Man, you you made it back in time just to be on Fully Posable, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was was hitting up Scott. I was like, hey, you guys want to talk about it? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) So you had mentioned five factories. Let's go into that. I mean, what were you doing over there? Basically, I went over, and for those that that followed the the KWK page, should know that I went over to check on the um the KWK Mantar figure mm-hmm. because you know it was hitting the test shot phase, and I didn't want to like just look at the picture and go, yeah, okay, because 
once you touch it, there are different stuff that you want them to adjust. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a tiny, tiny little stuff that, that a lot of times that you may miss. So I was like, okay, you know what? Let's head up over there and see what's going on. So I told my wife, I said, you know, uh, I got to fly over there and just like double check. Not that they couldn't send it over, but I want to be there like where we I could go face to face with the owner of factory. Makes sense. And just go, okay, you see this tidy little part here? You need to fix that. I mean, I may sound a little nitpicky, but I know for one thing, if I don't get this nitpicky, then the customers are going to go nitpicky on me. Are you talking about the collectors, you know, just coming out and rearing their ugly heads and coming after you? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, no. I mean, I wouldn't say that. It's just that, you know, we are at this day and age where collectors are much more demanding. Oh, yeah. Of what they pay for. Yep. So don't want it to be like where, you know, I just take the money and just like, you know what? Your problem. Screw you. And we appreciate that. And and I, I, I'm not that type of guy. I'm a collector myself. So, you know, that's where, you know, I, I want to have a look at it and see the comparison to, say, for example, the prototype or what have you and all that. Like, where is this little problem that there is? How can we fix it? I'm not the type of guy where, I mean, even with the factory, and that's, that's why the factory owner was willing to work with me, even with smaller numbers. Mm -hmm. Generally, you know, a lot of the factories would be like, you're making this little, screw you. That's just how it is. So, you know, there was a lot of begging and pleading involved, obviously, you know, uh, in the beginning. But they were like, okay, you know what? You never know with a small company that may end up heading big later. So, you know, they... Exactly. They wanted to try that with me to see what happens because they've done that before with smaller companies. Would you be able to go into some of the things that you found that you needed to fix or anything like that or... Well, well, here's the thing. I got a little surprise for you guys. I got a little oh. surprise for you guys. I brought the tech shot back. Oh, you brought nice. it back? Yeah, I brought it back. Yeah. Oh. Simply because I wanted to look at it further to see what are some of the other stuff that needs to be adjusted a little. Mm -hmm. So as you guys can see, this is the Mantar, the test shot itself. Oh, I um, love the bullhead. Yeah, it, it's good. And here is an elite Akeem. All right. Not in uh, the best condition, but, you know, that will do. Uh-huh. Check this out. The bullhead. For you guys that collect elites, that goes. The bullhead went on the Akeem. It yeah. fits. I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch, but, you know, it fits. Because obviously, so, you know. Usable on a Hasbro or a Mattel. Yeah, um, let me see if it, if it fits on the Yokozuna. It just so happens I got Yokozuna in front of me as well. It will cover James Ellsworth. But we'll see. <laughs> uh, the Yokozuna's head is a little bit too big, so it doesn't fit in the head. But in terms of the body, it will fit. Because the stretch. Here, uh, yeah, yeah. As far as the Mantar is concerned, there was, there was a little bit of problem with the test shot, and they can't adjust to that. Okay. Which, which was the um the joints over here that it was so easy to pull out and i saw that and i go you guys got to fix it they were like okay you know what let let us make the track steeper on the inside mm -hmm. so when it goes in it will lock in because 
the hit was fine, and I can't even pull it out right now. Yeah. Ah, finally. So, that took a okay. lot more effort than the arms, though. So, yeah, I see what you're talking about, Sean. Even for plugging it in, you you hear you hear like a pop. Yeah. Whereas the arms are like so easy and just like, boom, I can just yank it out. So that's something that the factory would need to go in and... Yeah, exactly. It's a little bit where it doesn't stand too well, but with the bullhead, it does. Okay. And... But once you take out the bullhead, it doesn't stand well enough. And I have talked to them and see if there are things that we had just. But ultimately, it has to do with the sculpting, according to what they said. So it's on Mantar right now. They're, the factories are right. working on Mantar. Yeah. When are they supposed to be working on the others like PN News, Yoshi? Well, the PN News is in the molding process. Okay. Got and it. And uh, we're going to finalize on the other two this coming week. Okay. So once these, once those two are finalized, because one of the things was in terms of the entire scope, entire of everything, uh, we had some slight issue of the delay with the prototypes, you know, in terms of delivering to me. So... We ended up having to to hire Mark Fox, who used to work with Cella, mm -hmm. to complete the remaining paintwork of the prototypes. So Mark is working very, very diligently on that and was keeping me updated throughout the week. After this talk with the factory, they were like, "Okay, you know what? We can work on the scope. Uh, we can work on the the molds first. We can work on the tooling first. So, you know, obviously with Mantar, we had a little bit of issue in terms of initial tooling, because at first uh, our thoughts were, I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was just a factory, it was just, it was me as well, that they thought, okay, you know what, you're working in smaller productions, maybe we could work with something called a rapid tooling. So rapid tooling, you know, it works for something like 3000 units or whatever. But the, the density for the plastic, it will not come out as well. Got it. And they were like, initially, I, I was asking them, I was like, okay, you know what? If that's the case, does it affect the look of the figures? They're like, uh, probably not. And I was like, okay, let's let's try that. So once I saw the initial work after the rapid tooling, I wasn't impressed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in, in fact, I was pretty annoyed. Like, you know, that day... I was just jumping up and down. I was like, oh, shit. You know, this is not going to go well. People are going to fucking kill me. Mm -hmm. that, that 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 was the feeling I got. I was like, you know, people are going to be talking about it so badly to a point where, you know, they will, it's going to be dead, dead for the line. Right. I, I, I was like, okay, you know what? So I called him. I said, you know, screw this. It's not going to happen. I was like, is there some other ways I could do it? It's like they, they were like, there's no other way to do it unless... You want to go with traditional tooling. So I go, okay. So, you know, I gave it a thought for a day or two. The thing is, if I went with traditional tooling, the, the profit margin for the rest is going to be less. But then it will kill the entire line. So, you know, I kind of weighed the pros and cons a bit. And I was like, okay, you know what? If it's less, then it's less. I went back and... I go, okay, let's go with traditional tooling, fix it up for me, see how it goes. So after that was done, and that's when they were like, okay, it's done. So 
they showed me the picture. But funny enough, they only showed me this and the torso. <laughs> they didn't show me the yeah. whole thing. And right. I was like, you got the whole thing ready? They're like, yeah, it's ready. I was like, okay, never mind. I'll, I'll just come right down and just have a look. You know, give me two days. So uh-huh. I would just I would just like to, you know, book the ticket and everything, you know, kind of sort out everything that I have to sort over here because you guys know I got another company as well. You made the right call, though, I'll say, by doing the uh, not the rapid tooling, the re- traditional tooling. And the yeah. reason I say that is because what's going to happen is, is a lot of people are going to see the figures that are going to come out. Mm. And if it's a resounding like we think it's going to be a resounding like applause. Hey, great job on these. People are going to want to jump in on the next series and then exactly. the next, right, se- next series. Yes. So it's going to grow yeah. after they start to see all these figures that come out that are going to be like, okay, these are cool. I like these. I love the way the Mantar looks. The PN News pops. If they see that and collectors are posting their pictures on Instagram and on Twitter X and Facebook and wherever they're going to post them, people are going to get that FOMO of like, oh, I should have jumped on that first series. Yes. Well, I can jump on the next right. series. So anyways, yeah. the smart move by going with that traditional tooling. I agree, Jeff. And I was thinking the same exact thing. You literally took the words out of my mouth that literally, Sean, you're laying the groundwork right now by doing all of this, all of your due diligence ahead of time. And I'll, I'll just say it, taking smaller margins to make the collector community happy because there may be people on the fence right now that are like, let's wait and see what actually hits. You know, what's going to come out? What's the finished product like? And I think you're putting so much work into this to make sure that whatever hits the collector's hands is just going to blow people away that, like Jeff said, they're going to want to get in on the next wave. So while you take a hit now by choosing the route that you're going, it's going to pay off in the long run. So you're absolutely making the right choices, I think. The thing was that I'm already seeing a couple of people like contacting me already and go, and go, hey, I missed out the pre-order window. Can yeah. I, <laughs> can I, you know, can I buy it? I'm like, the pre-order ended like months ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but now you've got people with FOMO. That's the thing. They yeah. have that fear of missing out because they did, but they yeah. want it in their collection because they're seeing the progress. You're posting pictures. This is, you know, it's like posting pictures of your newborn. You're seeing the growth, right? Yeah. Month after month. And you're seeing what that finished product is getting closer to mm-hmm. being. And people are freaking out now because it's not going to be in their collection. And to kind of add on to that, what's going to happen is is when that first series does hit, when people get the PN News, when people get the Mantar, when people get the Yoshis and stuff like that, people are going to be like, oh, crap. Like, I missed out on that. Like, oh, crap. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's, it's as you Scott said, you're going to be taking a hit now, but it's adding to the growth later. Yeah, right. you're laying the groundwork for the line in the future, and I think that's a great call, Sean. You're definitely putting in the legwork, dude. I think one of the things with me is that when I first planned the line, you guys know that, and and I and I said, you know, um, at the end of the day, the sculpting of the prototype is where that's important because mm-hmm. then you can compare it with the mold. You can compare it with the test shot and see, okay, you know what, how good this is going to be how bad is this going to be because yeah obviously there's going to be a little bit of differences you know yeah. especially i mean this hasn't been painted yet but you know i think there's too much light over here but you know you guys can see it's not finished painting at this point and i can already see there is a little bit of different you know close-up comparing to a prototype very very tiny bit so for example you know 
the um the hook part over here. There's a part where you know where the face paint was supposed to be, and Daniel did a really good work on it. Let me try to pull that out and see if I can get it focused. This part where here it was going to be easier for them to paint up. What happens is this particular part is not as thick comparing to the prototype, mm -hmm. where the prototype was like very very visible that you can see it right away. So it's just these tiny little bit of stuff that even with traditional tooling, you're not going to get 100%. But I got to say, this is insane. Yeah, the mask is incredible. The mask is what sells yeah. the Mantar figure. I believe yeah. that too. Yeah, and that's going to be a big part of the FOMO where a lot of people are going to see that bullhead right. and a lot of people are going to be sitting there thinking, damn it, I should have jumped in. Yeah. Damn it, I yeah. missed the pre-order. So guess what happens? the secondhand market on eBay when people are going to be like, Oh, I'm going to post mine and they're going to see it. And they're going to be like, Oh crap. It's going to drive up the prices over on eBay. Oh, yeah. It's going to blow up. Then, yep. then guess what happens with series two this week. And obviously we don't want, we're not here to resell. We're not here. Definitely not to resell, yeah. but you know, people will. It, For it's sure. well, it's, well, here's the thing too. When I planned the line, I also thought about the collective value. You guys yes. know that. Yeah, yep. you so, said that. You've been you very know, clear about that. that. Yeah, that goes back to you know, people are going to resell, and one of the things that I feel that is very important is that you know, especially in today's economy as well. I obviously run the shop KWK, which also you know, in a way, is also reseller as well. Obviously, there's some of that involved as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but I. I think to myself and go, okay, you know what? In today's economy, there are people that may want to resell eventually because their collection is, you know, kind of like too big or, or whatnot. So if they decide to sell this, are they going to make the money back? But if I have such limited production size and, you know, I create something that people want, so, you know, it goes back to supply and demand. If people want it so badly, but I'm doing only one run for it. So you talk about total of 600 of these and that's it. Yeah, it's made to order. So, yeah. So then how are the people going to be like, when they when they go when they go on secondary market, you know, can they make the money back at least, mm -hmm. you know? That's also an objective that, that I've been looking at as well. I mean, people are going to be like, oh, you know, toys should be mass produced and they should be cheap or whatever. But I don't think they understand the, the whole entire production process. You know, molding yes. cost is one thing. But then um, the major part of uh, production is always the molding cost. And the molding cost is where it's most expensive. Mm hmm it's not, I mean, even the factory was telling me, you know, the most expensive part is not even the the plastic. It's not even the, the paintwork. The most expensive part is always, always the molds. So if you do well on the, on the molding that reflects on the figure, the figure will come out well. And this particular factory was very good at doing all these anime statues. It's funny as well, because Daniel is very good at uh, statues, statue work. And that's one reason why I knew that I had to work with him. And I haven't shown you guys what he has done lately. 
because he's been working on the law resistance. Uh-huh. And I can tell you guys, Rene saw it and he loved it. Awesome. And Sylvan saw that the other day. I think it was like two days ago. I was in a bit of meeting and Daniel sent it to me. I when I saw that my eyes were as big as Jeff's. I can tell you this. <laughs> that's how big how that's how big my eyes were, right? And, and I looked at it and then later on that afternoon I sent it to uh Sylvan. So Sylvan saw that. He was like, oh my God. And he was like, he was like, I'm gonna promote the shit out of that later. That's great. Obviously, you know, the decals weren't done on the on the prototype yet, but I'm going to keep a little bit of secret for that. But, you know, right now, at this point, he's working on Takamishinoku. Can I ask a question about La Resistance? And you can say yay or nay, and I can't talk about it. Okay. I'm not going to play Tony Khan. I can't talk about it because of legal <laughs> reasons. I'm not going to try that. Well, <laughs> no, if you play Tony Khan, then you would probably be setting up a huge reveal and <laughs> announcing all these big announcements for a show. But and then anyway. disappoint everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no offense, Tony, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but does Sylvain Young, uh, excuse me, does La Resistance, do they come with the flags? Yes. Wow. Um, I, I have to tell you guys, like, you know, because I, I had so many ideas for La Resistance. And at the end of the day, there was some stuff that couldn't come to, to the end of it because of the cost process. Right. And I wanted to, you know, removable entrance gear. So, okay. you know, the rope, the hat, yeah. you know, the whole nine yards. Right. And I was like, oh, man, I really want to do it. Because I know Daniel could do it, too. It's not like he couldn't do it. But to make them removable on a retro yeah. style figure, that's just way, way too difficult to do. Right, right. So so that's one reason. And another reason is if I were to make the entrance gear, I will probably have to make a completely different figure. Like, you know, interchangeable parts of like completely different figure. You talk about two molds on one single wrestler. Even right. if you went with soft goods, Sean? Or do you think soft goods wouldn't look good on a retro style figure? I mean, there are there are some items that will work well with retro figures in terms of soft goods, okay. but if you look at the ropes for La Resistance, I think there's one that that Rob Conway is selling online, or he was at one point. I don't know if he's still selling it now. Uh, the entrance rope, and it was the the one with the gold trims and in dark blue, okay. and there's okay. a lot of these flashy, flashy little tiny little pieces that that goes to it. But at the end of the day, if I were to do that, one, soft goods, it's very difficult to make a small number in terms of something this detail. Uh, the cost of it will be absolutely huge. Astronomical, gotcha. you mm -hmm. can say. Um, another reason is if then I'm making uh, soft plastics for it, then it will be very, very hard to remove. Basically, you would have to be popping the arms off to get yes. right exactly so say if i were to make it with having extra parts and whatnot and just like kind of like, okay let's plug it in that kind of stuff then you can imagine how many extra parts there will be yeah yeah so not really something that i could do so i'll just say okay never mind screw it let's just go with rain gear it was the last thing i want to do 
to be honest. Um, then I was thinking about, okay, you know what? If that's the case, we'll have to really work heavy on the sculpting in order for it to look good. Mm -hmm. And I can say, Renee looked like freaking Hercules. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about Hercules Hernandez? Or are we talking about like... No, we're the... talking about like Greek god freaking Greek god Hernandez. Okay. Uh, Greek god Hercules. Because if it was and Hercules like, Hernandez, I would be like, okay, hold on, we kind of went off of the rail somewhere <laughs> I, I, I showed it to renee i was like renee you gotta see this because i'm waiting for you for approval so he saw that he was like oh shit <laughs> that's what renee saw I was like, and there's the like, approval oh my god this looks so good <laughs> okay so okay now i gotta ask a follow-up question all right when do we get to see it when do the collectors get to see it in time okay all right. i will say in time because i've had people saying that to me and, and and I'm contemplating on it. Should I show like pre-order and stuff like that right after the mentors are delivered? Or should I wait until like all four wrestlers for series one is done? Then I do pre-orders. I had the other day I had Sam Adonis asking me. And he's also a figure collector as well. So he obviously wants figure to come out earlier. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, when when am I getting mine? And and uh same goes for the Los Conquistadors. It's a difficult decision to whether, okay, let's just pump them out and just take money and get into production. So that way, you know, the factory will still kind of look at you and go, hey, you know what? Great customer, you know, and you got something like every single month coming over and all that kind of stuff. Right. Or do I try to avoid people complaining and being upset that I take the money and nothing's delivered yet? Yeah. Or do I should I be concerned with wrestlers signing the contract with me but not getting the figures yet because they're eager to get the figures? So there's a lot of these little factors that I have to, you know. Was there anything else that you pulled from the factories uh, doing your tours throughout the factories? Was there anything else that you pulled like, from like it? Like pulled out action figures or, or kind of like pulled <laughs> wait, out. Wait, ideas. what action figures did you take from those factories? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, funny enough, no other action figures were pulled out other than this. Okay, um, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Just man, just, just this, just this. Uh, right. I went to one factory where they do... Funko metal pins. Oh yeah. The owner of the factory. That particular factory is very, very well off. But um one of the reasons why I visited, it it wasn't because of anything. I didn't even know that I was gonna be visiting it. Like like the, the other couple of factories. It's because the owner of the factory that makes these wanted to show me a couple of different other factories that they have stakes of. So, you know, they want to show me and see, you know, if it will help me to think of different ideas for future of the brand and things like that. I went to a factory particularly that they do plush. So, you know, they do like SpongeBob's and stuff like that, all official stuff. Like they even do a little bit of stuff like Disney and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I get to see the whole process of like plush uh, production. I also got to see a factory that was once a huge factory. Like you could see that particular factory at one point could fit at least 2000 people in it. Ooh. Wow. 
like 2,000 workers in it, but it has like shrunk down because of the economy that they were down to about 100 workers. Oh, wow. Yeah, but their stuff was pretty decent as well. They were, um, it's a factory that did the miniature uh, figures, like so non removables, like kind of like this tiny. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So I had a look at that and they had this material. It's called the AB plastic or the AB glue plastic. Uh huh. It's actually something that's softer than, than this, which is PVC. And, and you can't make that sort of plastic with like, you know, articulation parts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's one thing that I was thinking about. I was like, oh, what if I can make like mini figures out of these? And they mm-hmm. allow small productions as well, which is even better for me. Nice. So, you know, that okay. that's that's something to think about because uh one of the thing is I think right now we're at a phase where, you know, people spaces are getting smaller. And you know, there are so many different products out there that mm-hmm. you can't really produce, like, you know, a huge, huge production. So you don't have to name names, obviously. Yeah. Has anybody else signed on to the KWK line? Ooh, you're trying, you're, you're trying to push for something. You knew I no was names. <laughs> No names. No <laughs> names. You don't even need a name. You got Okada, didn't you? You got Okada. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I wish. I wish. <laughs> As I said, no names, but has anybody put pen to paper for the KWK contract for future series? Okay, I'm going to say this. There's one legendary British wrestler that is signed to deal that has not been made into this form, but he was under a moniker that was decently famous at one point. I, I, I'll just tell you guys that his son signed with me. Now you got me thinking. Yeah, you, you know, I, I'm just going to leave it out there. The reason why I don't want to talk about it is because I want to wait until that I can sign two Japanese legends to deal and put it together. And the time for, for that figure to release is a little bit far away at this point. So I don't want to, like, announce everything. Understood. But, totally but I can I can say there's currently total, uh, including Series 1, there are 18 wrestlers signed to a deal. 18. That's it. Okay. I haven't signed a lot of people since we talked last time. Well, no, you're playing the you're playing the right game, man. I you know, not bloating your roster. You're you're taking it slow. You're doing the right thing, you know. You're, and these guys want to get their figures out. And if you have too many lined up at the speed at which they're coming out, you're not going to be able to keep them all happy. So you're keeping you're, the roster small, I think, is absolutely the right thing. You're move. taking the right steps, man. You're you're, sure. you're doing good putting each foot in front of the other. You're doing good. So Sean, one thing I wanted to ask you real quick. I'm sorry, Jeff. Go for um, it. One thing I wanted to ask you real quick, and you kind of touched on it when you mentioned a smaller scale, different sort mm-hmm. of plastic uh, that you might move into in the future. Have you given any thought? Because the Remco's now seem to be, and we talked about this earlier on the show before we had you on. I'm not jumping on that. I can tell <laughs> you right now, I'm not jumping on that. Okay. So you have no interest in going Remco style. No, absolutely okay. not. Um, can I ask a follow-up question to that? Okay. <laughs> oh, I just want to jump in before you answer. But okay, you said no, absolutely not to that. But is there another style that you've kind of kicked around? Yeah, that's where I was going with that, Jeff. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to go in the exact like, yes, I'm looking at doing galoobs next, but like, are you eyeing other scales? 
I mean, outside of miniatures, other scales, uh, articulated figures, like heavily articulated. Are you looking at any of that? I can say this. Anything can happen at this point in time, simply because even though I I would rather focus on my old little bubble, so to speak, um, and that's what I've been trying to do. And there's a lot um, to be said for staying in your lane. I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, kind of safe. But, but I also have will have to look at the overall market as well. Sure. Like the other day, I had a friend of mine. He was telling me that he has been thinking about working with uh, some singers and stuff like that. You know, maybe he can work on like merchandise outside of wrestling. Now the brand has kind of showed what I can do. And, and I said to him, I said, you know, one, I'm not going to be venturing into their IPs unless they want me to, they want to pay me and, you know, do their merchandise. Right. So, because if I'm going for the IP, which is, let's be honest, this is somewhat of a no market to me. So I said to him, I said, you know, I'll consider it, you know, um, you can talk to him about it, but we'll see down the road. So, you know, that's one aspect that I can go, I can go. And then there's another side that I've said before that, that I was talking to uh, Porter and there may be sort of wrestling line that, that we're considering, but it's, I, I highly doubt it's anything that people can think of. I'm not going to mention it at this point because the reason why I don't want to mention it yet it's because, you know, it's not 100% concrete that we're really going to do it. Okay. Again, again, a lot of stuff will have to be depending on the market. I mean, to to make this, it's already a pretty big jump for me, in my opinion, because of how many companies are doing it. And we have seen companies fell, fell out already Yeah. Um, because of the competition. Right. So, you know... I feel that the KWK lines, for whichever it is, whether it's the KVAP heroes that we're doing now or other lines that we may do in the future, it's something that I feel that it has a lot to prove to the community. I want to apologize in advance that if I'm playing it too safe, but, you know, judging from the current landscape and economy amongst other stuff it's a big ask for me to just jump into something right away without a full-on analyst to the whole landscape of things yeah and you've made it clear that's not the way you operate so that makes sense right that's also one reason why i'm i'm making the kvp rose line a small line is because one once you're making something that of a bigger scale in terms of production it puts a lot and a lot of burden on you. So I, I'm into doing baby steps and baby steps, like each time of the way. So, you know, start with baby steps and then to, to grow it. And I may make mistakes along the lines, along the way, not along the lines, along the way, but it's all about trial and error. So, you know, do you want to start off huge and then make gigantic mistakes where you, you can bounce back from? Yeah. Or... You want to make small steps where, okay, you know what? I've made this one mistake and how am I going to bounce back from that? You know, like every single time I feel 
to do that will be a lot easier because you're not going to kill yourself by doing that. If you if you're going to do that, um, it's kind of like for example, um, I don't know if you guys know Yoshitatsu and I have have a podcast right now as well, uh, Yoshi Unleashed with uh Lee Walker from Personal Top Rope. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, uh, can can people find that wherever they get their other podcasts at? Yeah, they can. Yeah, and they, and, and and it's also on YouTube as well. So oh, for perfect. people that okay. don't know. Yeah. Uh we do one show every single week and Yoshi talks about you know, obviously there's stuff that he can't talk about, but you know, there are also a lot of stuff from his own personal experience, from his time WWE. There was one part that he talked about how professional Ric Flair was. I think it was a week after his son died and he showed up on Raw and it was like he kept entertaining fans and then, you know, at the back he was sad as shit. But oh. You know, when he came out of the curtain, he looked like there was nothing. Man, that is professional. That's a professional right there. Yeah, like, you know, this shows how professional he is. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, a lot of these little stories that only, I feel, only only a wrestler at hand would be able to tell. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with playing it safe. You know, that's how you're going to grow your brand, by making the right decisions every step of the way. And right. it seems like so far, that's exactly what you're doing. And I, I, I'm glad, like, you know, like I said, you know, I, when, when I saw the Mantar, I'm like, oh, man, you know, I, I'm definitely on the right track with this one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's a win for sure. That's a payoff. Yeah. So any, I know you don't want to get dates thrown out there and have everybody stuck on those, but is there an estimated or is there an um, updated? ETA right now is April. Okay. Still April. And it's still April. I would rather stick to that. Okay. But, you know, would it be earlier? There's a possibility that it will. And okay. I, I'm just going to say that very loosely. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, by giving that particular target date, I, I can be a little bit more lax in terms of um, the, Q, uh, the QC. Well, the yeah. last time you were on, you said April, so you you're sticking yeah, you're sticking to that. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. So while it, so while everybody's in Philadelphia for WrestleMania, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get Antar waiting on their porch when they get home. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say if it's early April or the end of April. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. But, okay. You know, you know, at this point in time, it's still April. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So, so you know, worst case scenario is you know the end of April, people receiving stuff. Okay. Perfect. That's yeah. And you stuck to that. That's what you've said yeah. from the get go. So, all right. Yeah. Because the thing is, okay, let's say for example, I'm going to be going back to the factory again the end of January, just before Chinese New Year break, because they're going to have like four weeks of break during Chinese New Year. And and I asked specifically, I say, okay, when you guys are coming back to the factory at work? And they were like, you know, the middle of February. So it was approximately four weeks. Okay. And just so happens that I have to go to Southern China for, for Yoshi's big match in China. Mm -hmm. uh, he, uh, I, I've lined him up for, for a show in China. So, you know, obviously I have to go there. So, yeah, you know, I think a day before he arrives, I'll head to the factory, just look at how everything goes. So, you know, that's within the plan already. And okay. then, you know, after checking that out, like things are fine, then I'm gonna head to probably head to Hong Kong for a few days to see my parents. Yeah, it's then Chinese New Year already. I have to kind of take that into account as well because you know, I mean, shit, no one's working at the factory, 
So, you know, if I'm going to tell people, oh, you guys are going to get it in, in February, the factory will be steaming. Mm -hmm. I mean, they already <laughs> doing me a favor by doing a small number already. I don't want to piss them off. Right. <laughs> you yeah. want to stay in their good graces. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to piss them off. At the same time, you know, they've been good to me. For people who want to kill me, please understand. Trust me. If, I, if I'm telling you I'm trying, I'm really trying. So please be a little bit patient with me. And and when I said it's going to be April, I can promise you it's definitely going to be April for Mantar. Why don't you go ahead and get your plugs out of the way? Where can they find you on social media? All the social medias. And Man, I have to do that like every single time I come over here. Now. Every <laughs> time. Every time. We're very demanding. I, okay, you guys can find me on Instagram, KWK underscore Sean, S-H-A-W-N. K, uh, you can also find me on Facebook, KWK Kayfabe Wrestling Collector. Uh, collector is actually K. Yeah, just to make sure. That's yes. why the KWK. And also on Twitter should be K Sean, I think. Hold on a second. Yeah, you're right. See, I'm, I, no, you're my, right. My mind is not really great with, with <laughs> I get it. I yeah. get it. It's K S H A W N Sean. And NG, just to make sure of that. Yep. Yeah. And also, you guys can, can come to my store, shopkwk.com. That's a, that's the biggest plug. Hey, you know what? I still have to make my money. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You got a bunch of elites on there. You got a bunch of loose figures going on over there. Belts. You have a lot of things going on at that shop. Oh, yeah. That that too. I mean, the other day, too, uh, one of the factories that I know that makes replica belts and they were asking me if there's something that that I want to do with the wrestlers that I signed for for belts, mm, like okay, like you know with wrestlers logos and stuff like that. And I was thinking, man, you know what? If I'm making a production of about five hundred belts and signing on to the wrestlers to do that, and trust me, they're probably the top replica belt makers in the world right now. And it just so happens that I got introduced to to the owner of that factory. And he was like, eh, do you want to do something with that? I was like, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, if, if a wrestler wears it on TV or whatever, that's one thing. But, you know, if a wrestler mm -hmm. doesn't wear it on TV, you know, it, it's kind of hard to get people to, to like, buy into it. Yeah, right. So you'd almost have to do, like, a generic, kind of like the Galoobs did with the... Yeah, I mean, like, even strap. if I make the KWK belt, yeah, even if I try to make that, it's still gonna people may not even want to buy it. You're not talking about the Pakistani bootlegs, this is a legit belt maker factory that made WWE belts. It was, te it was tempting though, right? Yeah, it was tempting. Like, don't worry about production, I'll handle all that. And you just try to sign the wrestlers and. You know, it's one thing to to make wrestlers with you know with replica belts with like their logos on and whatnot. I, mm -hmm. I said I said to Yoshi the other day, I said, you know, hey, maybe maybe you want to do something like that, you know, make your own belt and then carry it to the ring or whatever. You know, it's, it's he's not going to be the first guy that has done it. Right. I said to him, and, and Yoshi's the type of guy that likes to be the first guy to do stuff. That's why he was willing to do the podcast because he's the first Japanese wrestler that has a an English wrestling podcast. So mm -hmm. you know, once I once I said to him, he he was up for it. 
but don't like to play second fiddle things. So that's where I was like, uh, okay, you know, I was like, just have a thought of that. See if you want to do it. I'll see, you know, I'll, I'll see how much of a demand there is. And I've also been、mm -hmm. like contemplating of contacting, you know, this is like a massive, massive if estate of a very, very controversial wrestler, you know, probably the most controversial wrestler there is. And, and I've been contemplating on contacting that guy and trying to make the figure, but And I've been contemplating on whether whether to to go after that IP because there can be like massive massive backlash for the line. Ah,、oh, so gotcha.、okay. yeah, so、okay. so you know,、mm -hmm. it's like I really enjoy the work of that wrestler. You know, as far as the matches were concerned, I mean, you know, but you're gonna hit a fifty fifty backlash versus. But. Will it get people talking about the line? I can guarantee you there will be like people talking the line, talking about the line for a whole week. What does Eric Bischoff always say? Controversy creates、uh, cash. Yeah. Yes.、Absolutely. But I don't know if that particular controversy is going to create cash. I mean, I've said what I've said、mm. about who I think you're talking about, but yeah. All that aside, there is a demand for product. Yes, I do. I do agree, and that's where I'm contemplating. I got、gotcha. you. Wow, there's quite a tease. Holy crap! We'll see. I mean, I mean, I, I'm still contemplating on contacting. So、yeah. you know, nothing is is even concrete at this point. Like you know, of course, it, it, it's of kind, course, it, it's kind of like you know, there's a Chinese saying goes that you you you're trying to write out a a Chinese character, but you haven't even put the pen on it yet. Yeah. Let's keep it to the baby steps. Remember,、yes. we were just talking、baby、about、steps. those. Let's keep it there. That's always like you know, with the two hundred <laughs> stuff that's running in my head. I have to pluck out one tiny bit. Let's deal like, with this. It's kind of like one or two of these little white hair that is on the side right now. It's like,、oh, let's, see, let's just plug that out. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Well, Sean, we do want to thank you for coming on, like always, man. You know, we do appreciate you. Thank you.、Uh, thank you for showing the Mantar figure as、oh, well. I, that, I knew I had to、awesome. show it to you guys. I knew I had to. Like the moment,、Absolutely. the moment I got it, I go. Okay, what will Jeff and Scott think?、Yeah. That was the first thing that got <laughs> into my head. I was like,、oh, I need to show it to them. You knew we were gonna pop when we saw it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sean. I was just wondering if you have any open pre-orders right now, or is everything closed? Series one is all closed. closed. Series one is done. So if you're having FOMO about missing out. On series one, secondary market is going to be the only way that anybody will be able to get their hands on these figures.、Yeah. I mean,、yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say you know it's like one hundred percent because I, it, it all depends how the pre-orders、uh, are delivered. So you know, there may be, there may be not, and and again, I can't guarantee it. Maybe a small amount of leftovers that does. Very, very like big. What if? Yeah,、um, but no promises.、See. Absolutely、yeah. no promises. Well,、yeah. you you said that there was gonna be a couple extra if just in case of yeah, just in case. But, but now here's、yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. If you know from the looks of it,、uh, I'm most likely gonna be focusing on the QC as well. So I hope that my eyes are like really good with like everything that's like all fine and whatnot. Then there. Maybe some leftovers, but、okay. you know, if that one particular day I fell off the wrong side of my bed, and <laughs> and you know, I kind of like, okay, you know what, I kind of missed that particular part here or whatever, and and they got to a collector where a collector was like, 
upset or whatever and whatnot, or, or a couple of them were, then, you know, those are going to be the replacements for, mm -hmm. for the collectors. So, you know, that's why I have said very loosely that maybe, that maybe not. Okay. I, I don't want to give like, yeah, yeah, it's like guaranteed that it's going to be extra, but, and I'll be straight and honest, even if there are extras, expect them to be higher price than the pre-orders because, I mean, you know, in order to get this started, I, you know, there has to be a certain perk for the people who pre-ordered. Sure. Right. If people waited, I have to say I'm sorry, but people jumped on this to make sure how good this looked. So right. I owe it to the people who pre-ordered. I'll be straight and sure. honest. Yeah. Absolutely. That is Sean from KWK. Sean, always a pleasure having you on. Scott and I appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you bringing the Mantar figure. Thanks, man. Uh, Absolutely. Get some, get some sleep, man. Yeah, go rest, dude. You earned it. Uh, I think my wife wants me to do something in the afternoon, so I won't be able to get any sleep. So we'll see. Uh, cat nap. Cat cat and Jeff said you can nap. Yeah, cat nap. 15, <laughs> 15 20 minutes. Tell approves a nap. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, who the hell are they? <laughs> happy wife, happy life, man. Come on. Oh, I know it. I know it. <laughs> yeah. Sean, thank you very much, man. We appreciate you. All good. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Let's go! Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully poseable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.